Is that a machete in your pocket, sir, or are you just happy to see me? I'm just saying, why wouldn't you check the back seat? I'm just not here for it. I kind of enjoyed the axe to the face. Ooh, hey there, Mr. Monster. So, chill or kill? waiting for Katie to just get her shit together so that we can record this episode. You're going to be waiting a while because <laughs> I'm over here with the coronavirus. That's true. That's true. To survive. Uh, yeah. Someone, uh, my, uh, my place of business today banned all travel coming to business. the company. They were like, nah, nobody. No, y'all stay at home. Y'all stay at home. Literally. Y'all go on ahead and stay at home. I appreciated that. They were like, listen, if you're sick, don't come to work. It would be really cool if they let you like work from home for like a couple months. I mean, that'd be cool. Fucking, I wish. That yeah. would be great. Hell yeah, that'd be bomb. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, listen, I, I've been through H1N1, <laughs> bird flu. We haven't been through that swine flu. We uh, fine. Yep anthrax scare mm -hmm. shit girl y2k we've been there mm -hmm. we've been seen it all we've been and we here it's fine and we here and you're here too and we appreciate that don't we we do <laughs> we do greatly appreciate that and we hope that you remain safe from the coronavirus the potential pandemic that is threatening that is our true. civilization uh you know a great way to do that is to stay at home and watch netflix fuck yeah which is what we did that is that's exactly what we did we're coming at you again with another Netflix and Carol. Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. They're like, please, no, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember when we had this idea and we were like, oh, this will be fun. Let's just play around with this and drop it on the feed. And then they were like, congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> now you're going to do them all the time. <laughs> yep. That was crazy. So I just didn't realize that it would be as popular as it was. Yeah. You TBH. guys seem to really love Netflix and then killing. It's At least like, that first part. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like, oh, your regular episodes. That's fine, but that's fine. But have you watched but, any movies? But when are you coming back with Netflix? What and I Kill, would though? really love is a subpar synopsis of a Netflix film that <laughs> I can real. watch for free. For real. But we love you for it. God bless you. We love our horror too. Uh, fuck yeah, we do. We love our horror, so we love doing this for you. Yeah. So we sat down. Uh, and this was kind of like we struggled a bit trying to figure out what we wanted to watch. It, well, it's always it's always a challenge because you pull up the horror section and there's like a ton of movies listed and there's stuff that like it's like what what are we in the mood for? Right. Do we want to watch something that's like really genuinely good and that it's, it's like face meltingly awesome? Or do we want to go for something that like we know is going to be kind of like more along the lines of horror comedy, more campy, more. You know, what is it exactly that we're going for? Do we want to be scared or do we want to like... Just have fun. Yeah. Do we want gore or do we want like 
psychological thrillers, you know, because even and even sometimes like with some of the edgier thrillers, like we have to have a discussion about like, is it technically horror or not? Yeah. And then sometimes like those discussions, like, you know, going into like a psychological uh, thriller or horror or whatever you want to call it, that those discussions can be a little heavy and sometimes you may not be in the mood yeah to think that much yeah. or like want to discuss that much i mean yeah. sometimes you just want to see like you see just like a really tacky cover and you're just like let's go for it man. most of the times that's me <laughs> i'll be honest i think too hard most of the time yeah and i in my horror i just want to kick the fuck back and relax i want to have a good time I want to have a short time. I'm not trying to be hanging around here. This is not the Oscars. I'm not looking for a three-hour-long feature film Yeah, about a traumatic event in history. Like, I'm not looking for that. Nope. What not I'm looking for is just the quick, the dirty, the campy. The quick, dirty camp. At 100%. Yep. That's what I want. Uh, also, by the way, we mentioned this uh, when we were trying to watch, when we were watching this or trying to figure out what we wanted to watch. But uh, why? when did Netflix stop putting trailers? I'm like worried that it's like some sort of Mandela effect where like it was never a thing. But I definitely remember that you used to be able to go into a movie and um, select like watch trailer. And watch the fucking trailer. I feel like that was a thing. I am I know there's sure a lot was. of people whose Netflix on their TV... Um, will automatically, or the computer will automatically start playing trailers, which is really fucking irritating. It's not even a trailer, though. It, like, literally just starts playing the fucking film. I don't know. It may be something with my settings. I don't know, girl. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. It, but it, let us know. Email us at thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com if you remember that Netflix had a watch trailer button. <laughs> please. Please confirm I'm not that even we're not kidding. going crazy. Please, please write us. Yeah. Please let us know. Please. Facebook, let us know. Please, please do so. Uh, so what did we end up settling on? We settled on uh, completely randomly. Um, Which we, it was. like It was totally. at random. Yeah, we have a whole process now. We uh, selected we a random number random. and then chose from that from that line. Yes. Um, so we chose Game Over, which is a 2019 Indian psychological thriller film directed by Ashwin Saravanan. Yes. So this was uh so this had a really interesting cover. Um I mean, I'm not usually one to say, you know, judge a book, judge a horror by its cover. Uh don't but judge a horror by a cover. Don't judge a horror <laughs> by a cover. Yeah. You got to be careful how you say that one. Yeah, that too. Uh no, but uh I am always this is the thing with me and I've noticed this. I'm always a sucker for the color red mm-hmm. in a cover. Well, it's very dynamic and eye eye popping. It it naturally kind of holds our attention because it's like a warning color. Yeah. Right? I think orange is the most uh yellow and black and then like orange and black are the most eye catching because evolutionarily there's like if you think about the things in nature that are bright orange or bright yellow or bright red it's usually not good. Yeah, or like traffic cones and, you know. Well, that's why they make like traffic that. cones that yeah. color because uh-huh. evolutionarily like our brains are wired to see that color and be like, "Oh, fuck." Yeah. So that uh that kind of caught my attention first. 
Uh, and then it just seemed to have a really good story, uh, which I think we will kind of get into right now a little bit, just a little bit of a, like what this is about. We will. Um, we'll give you a little, if you're new to Netflix and Kill, I guess we should say, yeah. Um, if you're new to Netflix and Kill, first of all, welcome. Welcome to the couch. Have some, have some snacks. I hope you came prepared with your snacks. Because we don't have any to give you. <laughs> we would share with you, but that wouldn't entail you coming into our homes and that would not be what we need um so <laughs> uh so basically the format of this show is we every week we watch a horror movie on netflix um and we it, it has to be well it doesn't have to be something we haven't seen but most of the time it's something we haven't seen and um we then provide like a quick synopsis of it, uh, spoiler free. And then in the last uh, portion of the show, we get into more of the spoilers, but we'll let you know when that's coming up so that you can tune out if you want to watch the movie on your own and avoid it being spoiled for you. And then we give it a rating uh, of what we thought. We will either chill with it, meaning it's good, we liked it, or we'll kill it, meaning it's trash, don't watch it. Or maybe do, because your opinion might differ from ours. Yes. We're by no means any level of authority. We're no, by no means not at all. any level of authority or professional. We don't want that responsibility. We are not Roger Niebert. <laughs> we just Kenny and Katie and we just we just doing our best. Well see, here's the thing. I don't wanna be because those like elitist horror people, I don't like them. Not nah. at all. Like you you and we say this pretty much every time, but like, I mean, you like what you like, like right. what I like, you may not like, and what you like, I may not like, and that's cool too. But at the end of the day, we should all be able to pick out, you know, what was good about a film, what wasn't bad, or what wasn't good about a film, uh, and, you know, be able to discuss it with respect. Because that's the other thing that I get. Like, a lot of people, like, just will absolutely trash a film. And like, I mean, where's your film most of the time? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> where's, your where's your film, huh? <laughs> where's your film i know i don't i haven't i haven't made a film so like who am i to sit around and i just feel talk like about, i like, have trashed films on this show before <laughs> probably but you uh, i don't have a I'm film i have a podcast that is true that is also trash but you know <laughs> be respectful yeah no all right so with that uh we can get into a bit of the plot so um this movie, uh, obviously, Indian horror. I don't have any experience with Indian horror. Kenny, I don't think you have any experience really with Indian horror no, either. No, actually. So it's something that is kind of untapped for me, and I feel kind of ashamed to say that. Yeah, I mean, I just haven't ever, I've never, um, I've heard that like the Bollywood scene, what I know about Indian film is basically Bollywood. Um, and I don't even know that that well. Um, so this was kind of the first like venture forth for me, um, certainly into the realm of Indian horror, but kind of into the realm of Indian film in general. Um, but uh, basically the movie starts out, uh, the opening scene is really aggressive um, I wasn't expecting it to be, it was very graphic. It was very aggressive. I guess we should, um, give a trigger warning for folks. This film has quite a bit of depiction of, um, well, it's kind of front loaded, but there's quite a bit of the themes involve, um, graphic violence, sexual violence in particular, um, home invasion. Um, and you know, there's, there's sexual violence topics like, 
sexual assault uh, and rape and things like that that are um, that are brought up. Um, so if that's not your bag, if that is triggering to you, then that certainly is something that you should know going in about this film. Maybe it's not the one for you. Maybe this episode isn't the episode for you because those are some of the things that we're going to discuss. Um, however, if that's, a, if that's the case, that's totally fine. You can turn it off, protect yourself, take care of you, and we will see you next episode. Take <laughs> we'll care of yourself, you baby. Yeah, we'll catch true. you next time. That's totally fine. Um, but basically, the film, the the opening sequence is very graphic, very violent, um, very much caught me off guard. Didn't expect that. Um, didn't really know what to expect, but didn't expect that. Um, and then we get into the main story. That's kind of like the vignette at the beginning. And then we get into the main story of uh, this woman who is clearly suffering from some kind of uh, PTSD, some sort of event happened to her that was traumatic. We don't know much about it. Um, she is going about her life. She's a gamer girl. She yeah. loves her some Pac-Man. Let me tell you. Yeah. So this is, this is what's really cool to me. Um, so it's, I love the fact that you so, sort of have this character, right? And she's obviously, um, she's experienced this trauma, but she, is this like still like she's this like badass little gamer girl, which was a really cool like part of her character for me to see mm-hmm. because you don't really like see that a whole, whole lot. Um, like I just kind of think that if I think of like this young female who kind of has her own place, like sh- most, most stories might paint her as like, a potter or like an art you know what i mean or like something a potter yeah Did like you literally you know just I mean? fucking say a potter as yeah. in one who makes pots a potter like she's yeah. at a fucking like no like a fucking uh, clay wheel that's like yeah. like ghost yeah <laughs> fucking shape and shit with yeah. her hands the yeah hell? i don't know but something like you know like, <laughs> no 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 get, get me listen to what i'm trying to say you know when you have some of these films like that have these main characters who are women and they always like sort of paint them as this like they have this really nice house like they have this really nice house yeah but they like you know how how do they make their living they have a fortune selling like pottery or like something (laughs) stupid like something that you would see on uh like (laughs) those people that try to search for like million dollar homes or shit like that. And uh-huh. It's like, what do you do? Okay. And it's like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a, like, a, I'm a beekeeper. And I'm like, my budget's like $1.7 million. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Maybe. I just feel like that that's the direction I'm a that a lot of people. It's <laughs> the direction that a lot of people go in is potting pottery. <laughs> yeah, sure. The, yeah, the they making do. of pots. I just like that. They made her a really cool, like gamer chick. I mean, I'm, I'm over here say. trying to figure out how she's paying her damn bills. Maybe she ought to, make a fucking pot because she really is just over here playing pac-man all day every day and she got this big ass nice house and i'm trying to figure out how she paid for no, it oh they showed her building a game in the beginning oh she's like a designer she's a designer a game yeah. designer okay that's so cool. she's like I a missed game that because there was a lot of pac-man happening no she's a game designer okay so she was building like they showed a it was a very small small piece of it but they did show her like building like yeah uh, the games and stuff like that. So Got that's it. what I mean. Like she right was like, beginning. she was like really cool. And that's the overarching theme of this whole movie, right? Is like, it's like it's set almost in like a game world in and of itself, 
right? Yes, I would say that, but I would say that it's not to... So, well, let's get in with the plot synopsis before we get into the discussion portion because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. But basically, the course of the film is, you know, there's this woman, there's clearly some traumatic event from her past. We're not really sure what it is at first. We see her have like a couple anxiety attacks, panic attacks. She's in therapy. Um, and her thing is that she is deathly afraid of the dark. And that for, for some reason being in the dark triggers her um, PTSD and sent her into a panic attack and she just can't function. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the premise that's set up. She's living in this house and she has this maid um, or housekeeper or whatever you want to call her. Um, and she is, it's basically just the two of them in this big, huge house. Um, she is very, um, the housekeeper has a couple couple different times that she says something about the girl the main character's parents um like wanting to see her or wanting to come over or wanting to like connect with her in some way and the main character seems to be like not really feeling that so there's a sense that she's sort of divorced from her family um that she's sort of isolating and um that's kind of the vibe um throughout the film she she starts to have this like weird so she has a tattoo on her um on her arm on the inside of her arm right on the inside of her wrist and she it's like this tattoo that she got about a year ago and she starts to have issues with it where it feels like there's like a needle stabbing her in her arm and she like it's been a year since she got the tattoo some of you guys have tattoos some of you don't but basically like I mean if you're going to have an issue with the tattoo, it happens like in the week to three weeks after you get the tattoo during yeah. the healing process. It doesn't, your tattoos don't just start like mystery, like painting you. It's not <laughs> mystery a Mystery painting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you don't get like weird, like pains in your tattoo a year after you got it. No. Um, so that sort of thing starts happening. She's kind of freaked out by it. She goes to maybe get the tattoo removed, but then like the tattoo removal gun like makes the pain worse. And so you're kind of, um, you're kind of wondering, okay, is this going to be at this point in the film? I think we were kind of like, is this going to be like something like a psychological thriller in the sense that she's like freaking out about this tattoo and something's going on with that. Is it something that's paranormal um, with the tattoo is like her fucking tattoo haunted? Like what's the deal? And, um, but then you also have these PTSD flashbacks that she's having. And so it's kind of at this point in the film, it was very much um, the story could go any direction and you weren't really sure which direction it was going to go in. Yeah. Um, so I think here is where we will throw out our spoiler. Like we really should have a soundbite for that. You say that every time. We I really still fucking should. I just wish bite. we had something that we could just like throw up. But here's where I think I'll throw up the spoiler flag because um, if you go any further than this, we're gonna get into some key plot points of the film um, that may spoil the experience for you if you were trying to watch it for the first time by yourself and you don't want it spoiled. Maybe pause the episode, watch the movie. It's a tight hour and a half, and then come back and listen to the rest of the discussion. Yeah. Um, so go on ahead and get out of here, people who don't want spoilers. Get out. Get you out of here. Get your ass out of here. Bah. Don't let the dog hit you on the way out. Okay, now that we're alone. Yeah, and it's just us. You, naughty, naughty, spoiler-seeking people. 
Um, Fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically what starts to happen is um, our main character's depression um, and PTSD and, well, her PTSD and the depression and anxiety that are spurred on by the PTSD um, are driving her mental state further and further into the ground. Um, we discover through a series of flashbacks that the traumatic event that happened to her is that um, she was bound, gagged, and raped um, sexually. Well, she was raped. Um, and then she was um, abused. And then photos of that and video of that were circulated online. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, the day that she got her tattoo, um, she, uh, walking home, or something was like assaulted. Yeah, I don't think they ever really say that. Like, if it was the day of, but it was after she it got was, her tattoo. It was because um, at one point she says that she shouldn't have gone out if she hadn't gone out to get the tattoo. She w- that wouldn't have happened. So I don't know if it happened inside her home. I'm kind of thinking it did, but it's it's not clear. What is clear is that she had this experience. Yeah. Um, this horrible, awful experience, and that is what is haunting her. And it happened around New Year's. So. It's a year later, around New Year's, and her therapist says, you know, it's the fact that it's a year later, it's around the same time of year, you must be being triggered by the fact that, you know, it's the year anniversary, and it's called the anniversary effect, and that's why you're freaking out, and that's why you're having these, like, delusions about this tattoo. Um, So... Uh, she there's a scene where which we'll talk about in the discussion portion there's a scene where she goes into a cafe to order a coffee and there are two guys sitting at a table and they um, are whispering about her and they she at one point she sees their phone and they have the pictures pulled up of her um, from the night of the incident um, on their phone that they're showing each other and that um, just sends her into a fucking tailspin she decides to kill herself um, she creates a noose to hang herself and as she goes to hang herself her tattoo just like like basically um, creates this like crippling pain yeah. and she's not able to function because it literally is hurting so bad and then all the lights shut off and then at this point you're thinking okay we have a fucking paranormal ass yeah, movie right going now on. um so also thanks to her maid who came busting in too. Yes. And then the housekeeper comes busting in, saves her from, uh, you know, making a mistake that she can't take back. And then we get her back on into therapy where she needs to be. And then, um, something happens. I think it was her parents wanted to visit or something, or her yeah. parents were like talking like some, there's another inciting incident. And then she, um, actually at the therapist's office, runs out and um, jumps off of a like the third story, third or fourth story of a building. And you see that whole fucking shot. That Which is was, one shot. Wow. You see the whole thing. She jumps off of like the fourth floor and then lands on the windshield of a car beneath and then rolls off of the car and onto the pavement. And like you see the whole fucking thing in one take. It is a lot to deal with yeah Just that was heavy heads up on that because i thought we were going to cut away or do some bullshit no they said you about to watch this um so obviously didn't fare too well after that but was alive yes which is great she ended up with uh what appeared to be two broken legs mm-hmm. 
uh, and then some cuts and bruises. So from that point on, she's kind of definitely uh, bound to her home, almost in a sense, at least well, to she's her bound wheelchair. To wheel- yeah, bound but to I mean, it sort of like, you know, adds to like, whereas before, like she had the mobility that she could get up she if had she the wanted option. to, she had the right. option. Now she's kind of like, you know, stuck to this wheelchair. Right. Um, which I think was kind of a point in the story. Like it kind of, Uh, tied back to the story as a whole. Right. uh, Which we'll probably get into a little bit later. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. So as Kenny said, she is wheelchair bound. She is house bound um, at this point. And her housekeeper ever doting. um, Kalama. Fucking Kalama. Gold star. Kalama gets this episode's gold star. Yes, she Um, does. she, She fucking. What a trooper, man. I don't know what she was getting paid, but it won't enough. Um, Hell no, it won't enough, girl. I would have been out, been out. By. She's so sweet. She was so sweet. Um, so yes, her housekeeper is taking care of her. And um, from that point, it appears that she's like in an even deeper depression, right? She attempted to kill herself. Um, luckily, wasn't able to see it through the first time. And then uh, the second time, um, she ended up with all of these injuries, which of course, you know, not ideal. Yeah. So she, but more ideal than dying because you can't take that back and bones heal. Yes. So um, from this point, she falls into a dark depression until one day Kalama, her housekeeper, comes to her and says, um, there's a woman here to see you. Um, you know, she has this secret information. And basically what we find out a little bit earlier in the film, actually, it's before we get into the broken legs and the depression. Um, she, the tattoo that our main character got, she got it at a tattoo studio called Immortal Inks. And what we found out earlier when she was investigating why the tattoo was hurting is that um, the tattoo, um, there's a process where they mix um, ashes of your dead relative. You guys have probably heard of it because you're spooky motherfuckers. But um, there's a process where they mix a little bit of the ashes of a deceased friend or relative or lover or whoever into the ink for your tattoo. Um, it's only done in a certain um, in very specific places. I believe you have to specialize in it. Um, and it's a way of kind of memorializing them and feeling like you're carrying them forward. Um because they're in your tattoo. So apparently our girl had gone to a studio that specialized in this when she got her tattoo a year ago before the incident um, that happened to her. And there was a mix-up. And the tattoo artist, um, she basically, who looked like she could have been out of a Gwen Stefani video, I'm going to be real. Yeah, from she the did. Mid-2000s, she really did. Because she was working that fashion. Yeah, she she definitely was. Uh I, was probably clock. I was clocking the tattoos a little bit because they didn't seem a little too too realistic. For yeah. The uh, for what she was for where she was like I don't know they just didn't look right. like they looked like stick ons. It's all. Yeah, I'm they did. They did look like stick ons. The tattoo artist tattoos looked like <laughs> stick ons, and I was like, yes. I, I clocked it a little bit, but by this point, I was kind of really invested in the right. film, and I'm like, I don't really care. Right. So basically, this um, our Harajuku girl at the tattoo salon, she basically. Um, fucked up. Yeah, big time. <laughs> she fucked up. Whoa. Uh, and she used the ink that was, um, that had the ashes of somebody's deceased loved one to actually do our main character's tattoo. Yeah. Ooh. 
Um, so to be her. Yes. So our main character is told that, hey, your tattoo has the ashes of this dead person in it that you don't that you don't fucking know. Uh, and that's uh, super weird. And then, of course, it's causing all of these like pains and weird shit going on with her. Yeah. So she basically literally actually did plot twist have a fucking haunted tattoo. I mean, yeah. Amazing. Crazy. Amazing. Um, so with that knowledge, then further on in the film, when she's in this super, super dark depression and um, she's basically bedridden or couch ridden, she's, you know, in a wheelchair. Um, at that point, this woman comes to see her. And, you know, at first she's like turns her away. She doesn't want to talk to anybody. But then her housekeeper tells her it's the mother of the girl whose ashes are in your tattoo. She knows exactly what's happened to you. Um, and at that point, our main character decides to admit this woman into her bedroom, have a conversation with her. And what this woman shares with her is that she had made an appointment at that very same tattoo salon to get this memorial tattoo memorializing her daughter. Um, and she wanted her daughter's ashes to be in this tattoo. Now, her daughter had beaten cancer three times. Yep. Um, and every time she beat cancer, she went to that particular tattoo salon to get a, t- a heart tattoo on the inside of her forearm, which is the same place where our main character had her tattoo on the inside of her yeah. wrist by the forearm. Which was also a heart, by the way. Which was, was also like, like a, a video gamey heart design. It was a video game, yeah. pi- like pixelated heart yes. type design. Stick on. Uh, <laughs> so um, this, this woman had apparently been beaten cancer three times. She had just beaten it for the third time and she had an appointment at this tattoo tattoo um, shop to get her third heart tattooed on. Well, apparently um, at that uh, particular time before she could make that appointment, she was going to meet her mom there before she was able to make that appointment. She was actually murdered the night before. And this is where we connect the dots and we see a picture of this person and we see that this person is the person that in the first scene of the film we saw brutalized um, and ultimately murdered. Yes. Um, And she was beheaded and set on fire. And apparently the only thing that was left of her were a small amount of ashes and these are the ashes that were given to her mother and then her mother made an appointment at the tattoo shop um, to have a memorial tattoo done with those ashes. However, Harajuka girl (laughs) fucked up and instead included those ashes in our main character's tattoo. So this part of the film I thought was, we'll get into it more in the discussion portion, but it was really well done. Um, and you really got a sense for like the fact that this woman who, this daughter of this, of this woman who, um, whose ashes were used in the tattoo was a fighter. And, you know, she was a really, she seemed to be a really good person. They showed a lot of pictures of her. It was almost done in a documentary style. And it really, bitch, I got us in our feels. And I was like, hang on, this is scripted. I cried. I was like, what? It was, it was tough. Um, Yeah. So from this point on our main character, you know, kind of has a a reality check. um, And, you know, she that puts a lot of things in perspective, I think, for her. And she comes to respect the fact that even though she ended up with this with this woman's ashes in her tattoo by complete and total um, random happenstance by accident. Um, some might call that negligence. 
Yeah. I'm looking yeah. at you, tattoo girl. Tattoo girl. Tattoo shop girl. Um, but she she comes to respect that, you know, she, you know, she 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 makes her peace with it. She Yeah. Um she cancels her appointment that she her like second appointment she had to remove the tattoo. Right, to try to remove she's it. Like, she's accepted it. She's yeah. you know, she's like, Okay, this is cool. Um, which I would too if yeah, I was told totally. that a bad bitch like that uh was in my tattoo. I would totally love that. I love a bad bitch. Um so uh she makes her peace with the tattoo thing, that seems laid to rest and we're all good. Um, however, it is now New Year's Eve. Yes. One year after the traumatic incident that happened to um, our main character. And she wakes up on New Year's Eve at 11.01. And um, she is immediately sort of put in this, in, in a home intruder um situation yes basically we see her um housekeeper go to the door um because she hears like a noise outside she goes to the door nobody's there um we you know our main character hears somebody wrestling around in the woods and this is basically or in the yard outside and this basically from here is like a home invasion type um type of vibe yeah um the intruder um lures the housekeeper out with like a water bottle or something because she's so damn dedicated and trying to take care of this messy ass bitch. Yeah. She went outside to pick up her shit because she left it outside. Yep. And then um, she got she got, got beheaded. Um, so that didn't work out too good. No. And then the home intruder very like reasonably easily comes inside the house. There's a little bit of a chase, a little bit of a chase emphasize. Um, and then uh, he he beheads our girl. Well, not before she something happens with her well, arm. Well, oh, does that happen right before? It right happens before? right before. Okay, so he, he's pursuing our girl, um, this masked intruder, black mask, dressed all in black, black boots, fucking long ass, scary ass knife. Yeah. Scary ass leather. fucking he's knife. Bigger than like a Bowie knife. Black like, like, skull mask. Like Yes. It's it, very scary. Also. I mean, it's understated. Yeah. But like, it's not over the top, but. It is over the top, but in like a way that like is terrifying instead of cheesy. Because the blade is like really, we'll get into it in the discussion. The blade is like really abnormally like ridiculously large but somehow instead of being ridiculous it's actually just the stuff of fucking nightmares um so anyway um he chases her down stands with his boot on her cast and right before she's getting ready to die she looks at her arm and she sees that instead of having one little pixelated heart tattoo she now has three and at this point, you're like, the fuck? What? Yeah. It just took a complete turn. Right. You're like, um, huh? So now we have this home invasion, PTSD, like, you know, violent um, gore sort of element combining with this paranormal element. And they've kind of been running parallel this entire time. But now they've kind of reached the point where they intersect. Yes. Um, and then she gets beheaded. Like, immediately. Like, straight up beheaded yes, immediately. Like, you're like, well, fuck. Uh, and set on fire. Yes. And then set on fire. And you're like, huh. So obviously now we've connected that this is the same person who uh, 
you know, committed this violent act at the start of the film as well. Right. Which um, was the, obviously the woman in the, well, I guess not obviously, but the woman in the first scene of the film who was beheaded and set on fire by this person, entity, whoever the fuck. um, She, you know, this is her murderer, basically. Yes. Um, So after that happens, then our main character wakes up again. Um, and it's 1101. So it's basically reset. Now we have a happy death day sort of situation. Yes. Um, and from this point on, basically she looks at her arm and she has, um, two hearts left. And, um, you know, so basically she has, obviously she's the video game girl. So she has, those are her lives, right? Right. That's her ups. Right. As I used to call them. Yep. (laughs) Her ups. Girl, I wish I had a mushroom to make me a big ass damn version of myself. So I could just walk around and like, you know, pizza does that for me. (laughs) Makes me a big ass version of myself. (laughs) Just walk around. What would happen if uh, he was to go and like try to get her again? And then she just like, ate a fucking slice of pizza and then she just went all like super mario on like his ham. fucking ass and like turned you know like when mario gets like all like rainbow colored and yeah. you can just like blast yeah, when through you eat anything the star. yeah yeah that would be incredible anyway i've had cold brew that made me feel that way yeah um but yeah so basically from this point we have the structure of okay this is a video game and these are our extra lives and we about to go and um she basically gets another two chances at surviving this incident. And what we learn in the second, in the second life, so to say, um, is that there's not one intruder. There's actually three. And that's why it was, it seemed so impossible the first time around is because it actually was, there were three intruders at three separate points of the house. Yes. Um, and the second time they like blow up the, the police save her and then they blow up the police car. Yeah. Um, and that was when she saw that she realized that there were three. Yeah. Because in the rearview mirror, she looks because the police had actually. It was such a cool reveal. The police had actually killed the man, or mm-hmm. at least they thought they killed him. Uh, they didn't realize that there were two they other did. people. They did. They killed him. Oh, they killed him, but they didn't realize that there were two others. Right. So then uh, as she's getting away, she looks back, sees the other two in the rearview mirror. And then well, notices... no, she looks back and it's the one that they killed sitting in her wheelchair. Yeah. And, and then... then the other two walk out and flank the one in the wheelchair. Yeah. And then one of them picks up the hand, the arm of the dead one that's in the wheelchair that they've set up in the wheelchair and like waves at her, yeah. which was fucking terrifying they look exactly the same but they have three different weapons one has a sickle one has that big ass blade and then the other one had like a i guess he just had like a gas gas can he had a molotov cocktail yeah yeah the other one had a molotov cocktail uh so yeah and then so she realizes like oh oh fuck but then you know they the car ended up getting uh blown Blown the fuck up uh and so she wakes up again Right, and uh, that is our last shot where we got a fucking. What's that? She's got the. Uh, uh, is it the fucking Eminem song playing in the background? It is, yeah, that's definitely an eight mile situation. <laughs> if you had one shot, one opportunity to fucking Whoa. live. Um, Knees weak, mom spaghetti, girl. <laughs> like, you better get it this chance because. Yes. You ain't getting another one, baby. Yes. So this time our girl wakes up. She knows exactly, you know, um, when to call the police, which is fucking immediately. Again, don't know that it would have taken me two lives to figure out that I need to call the goddamn <laughs> cops ASAP. Um, 
I call the police for nothing. Y'all let me hear a bunny whistle. Shit, she called the police these. on me. Hell yeah, you let me hear a bunny rustling in this bush outside this house. I'll call the cops in a minute. Shit. <laughs> if it ain't nothing going down, then maybe I'll cook them dinner and just say I'm sorry, but y'all coming out here to this house. Um, That's true. That's true. We're not going to play with that. So, um, Basically, this is our last shot. This is, you know, we, we only have one heart left. We have one life left. Um, and we're going we gonna to give it everything. So she basically says, she says to her housekeeper, this is what's going down. Like, we may lose. We may die. But we're going to at least put up a fight. Yes, we and, love that. And this is the bad bitch switch has been flipped, uh, as I like to say. And she's decided that she's going to be a final girl. Yes. I her know. and Kalima gonna be final girls so um they basically um get the police on the way and they divide and conquer and they kick ass and um and you know spoiler alert they win yeah um but it's really good it's a struggle, the way though, that it, the, yeah it's a struggle and the way that it goes down is really like, like really good you, like up until the very end we were like fuck you almost don't think she's gonna win yeah like it, it was really it it was it was a struggle. Like the neither one of them, I, the intruder or her, went down without a fight. Yes, like yes, they both yes fought. Well, all three plus the other two, uh, you know, the two females. Uh, yes, everyone was in on that girl, and I was on the edge of my motherfucking seat. You know, Kalama could have done better, though. I mean, I don't want to read her for filth, but she could have. She really could have done better. But again, I understand that it's not her strong suit. No, you know what no, I mean, no. she's just trying to keep the house. Kalama nice. is like she's a. She didn't a put caretaker. in for that job. Yes. You know, she's a caretaker. She's gonna provide and make things, you know, good for you. She's not necessarily a fighter. No, she's not a gamer. You no. know what I mean? She's not. It's true. She's not. She's not that. She's but not. you know what, girl? She made it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she did and our girl tri- does triumph in the end again with a lot of struggle and we were on the edge of our seat the entire time um and and then that's the end like it ends right after that which is exactly where we, i think we felt it should end yeah and that's basically the plot and that took 40 minutes to explain that to you <laughs> <laughs> uh and i'm sorry about that well it's but- so and i think because of the fact that there is <coughs> you done I am. Okay. We're not going to edit that out. No, we're not. <laughs> this uh, is not the edited show. No, because I don't have time for that's that. That's that corona. <laughs> uh, so, and that's because a lot of this, and you and I kind of talked about this a little bit, is that a lot of the plot points in this could, it's it's a lot. You're given a lot yes, to work with. It is so much. You've got depression. You've got suicide. You have you've PTSD. You PTSD. have rape. You have all of these like heavy psychological yes. themes. You've got an intruder. You've got like you have like the strangers, but then you also have like this paranormal element with the tat- the haunted tattoo. You've got a Harajuku girl giving people fucked up tattoos at the tattoo right. shop. You know what I mean? Right. It's a lot to be scared of here. And you've got like a little bit of like found footage in the beginning. So that yeah. was another thing yeah. that like when the film started, um, it was very like grainy and very like because he was. That's the other thing I think we missed was that he records the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, he, oh yeah. 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 He, His thing is he records. It. He records the whole thing. And so at the start of the film, you're kind of looking at things through you know, his, his uh, video camera. Mm-hmm. And so, and I didn't realize at first I was like, Oh, okay. This looks like a cheap 
B movie. Like yeah. I was like, I didn't know what this was. But then, you know, later on you, it switches and then you're like, oh, wow, this is actually like a production. Like it looks good. Right. <laughs> yes. It's a whole thing, honey. And uh, so there's a lot that's going on and there's so many different plot points that it could have easily been stupid. It really could. There was a lot. This movie was trying to do a lot. And and in most cases where I have seen a horror movie, in fact, I don't know that I can think of one that actually does it successfully. But in every horror movie that I can think of where we have those, where we have that many elements, we have found footage, we have like the strangers home, home in, invasion, in, invasion. Yep. we have, you know, graphic sexual violence, we have what well, the sexual violence wasn't graphically depicted but it was graphic violence yes. uh, with sexual yeah. undertones yeah. right um and then you have this paranormal aspect with the tattoo and in every movie where i've seen that like where they go for so many things so many different vibes it fails because there's no through line right yes. it doesn't it doesn't there's gel right there's too much it all together right so like as we're going through this movie like i'm enjoying the movie as we go and i'm like but they doing too much they gonna fuck this up like this is about to get fucked up and you're kind of led through it and you don't you don't really know what's going on like when her tattoo starts acting all crazy and weird you're like okay is this something separate from the ptsd is this caused by the ptsd like what's the tie in and it doesn't click for you Really, until until you find out that I mean, obviously, you know, being experienced horror movies movie watchers, like we figured that the fucking first scene where somebody got murdered and burned up, like that probably connected somehow. Yeah, I mean, especially like when they mentioned the ink and they start right. going, it's like, oh, right, okay, you're this like, is okay, what it is. clearly, this is going to tie in somehow. There is a, a a paranormal element to this, and yeah, I'm gonna tell you what, we love that girl. Because she, we do. she is through and through a fighter in life and in death. Hundred percent. Yeah. When when they when we got to the por- the part where they were talking about um the ashes being mixed into the tattoo, which was actually pretty fairly early on, that's when I connected it as yeah. like, yeah. okay, that's what happened. But then, you know, you meet this the first victim's mom and she drops the whole cancer thing that she had beat beaten cancer three times and you're like fuck so that's why i started getting emotional because i was like you know you have this person who you have this character who has beat cancer three times and of course when our main character went to hang herself of course her tattoo like freaked out and started hurting her of course yeah like that pain in her arm kept her from being able to kill herself and of course whenever she had an impulse to um, you know, to self mutilate or to self harm, that's when her tattoo would would flare up. Right, right. Because that was that girl decided. You know, that was that girl fighting. That she, you know, she had spent her entire life fighting, fighting cancer, fighting to live, and she damn well now that she has been memorialized in this girl's tattoo, she's damn well not gonna quit fighting now. So she, you know, to have that sort of I don't know. I don't know if it's because we saw the brutality of how she was murdered. And then we learned that like somebody who beat cancer three times was then like beheaded and burned to death, like taken out by some fucking careless, like asshole. 
Yeah. Who like really was just in it for his own fucking gratification. Yeah. Like, and the fact that that just makes you so angry that then you feel like vindicated when she is like preventing this, you know, main character from, from harming herself. Yeah. And, and then also the, the element of a woman who, a woman in the first place, a woman empowering another woman in in this way that you don't entirely understand at first, but it, essentially yeah. what she was doing was empowering her, and then also a woman who has been brutalized in such an awful way, empowering another woman who has been brutalized as well. Yeah, it was that was a that was a huge theme throughout the whole thing. It yeah. was very like you know women helping women. Yeah, you, women who have gone through you know because she went through her own traumatic events right. before she died, and um. And our main character certainly had been through her own traumatic event. And and it was just beautiful to, it wasn't, it was done with broad strokes, but it was done with broad strokes in the way that like a fable from your childhood is written. Like the the fable yeah. of the ant and the grasshopper or or the tortoise and the hare. Like it was written, it was in those bold strokes, but it wasn't, chintzy it wasn't cheesy it wasn't campy it was very like it was a very strong and powerful message about it was po- almost redemption. like it was very poetic in a sense to me like mm-hmm. it it like you said i mean that's kind of like the best way to describe it as like a fable or like a story like it felt like it felt right yeah once you learned everything and it felt yes like empowering and it felt it just felt right i think that it had they added like I think that they stopped at like just the right amount of elements. Yeah. Because but I honey, think they took it we, all the way there. They they really they craw- they put the, themselves right on that line because I think had we added something like, you know, this girl's spirit coming out right. or like something else. Like had we, you know, discovered like who had they unmasked, you know, yeah. the intruder. Like any of those could have easily tipped this over into something that just wouldn't have been as strong as right, what it something was. something that fell flat. So I think that while they pushed a lot of elements, they were smart enough to edit themselves where they needed yeah. to yes. and put and stop it exactly where they knew they wanted yes. to yeah. uh, in order to keep you still vested in the, the story, which right. was the most important part. I think the message of the entire film was what was important and is what, they were trying to get across, not necessarily uh, try, trying to scare you or trying to like make a jump scare. Like, yes, they were good at it, but Fuck, I don't, that, yeah, that wasn't their were. intent. Yeah. You know well, the I mean? story, the story was about the women that were involved. Right. So the right. story is about this woman who's having these like weird tattoo flare ups, but the tattoo flare ups are actually character turns yeah, out in yeah, the story. Yeah. Um, who is also a woman. And so the story is about them specifically. And then you have the housekeeper who is also a woman, a different, um, like sort of a different image of the feminine. Um, And and the story centers on those people. And the men in the story, the men who are looking at pictures of of our main character, of the, you know, the incident um, that were posted online, um, the therapist who also happens to be a man, all of the male characters in the story are very secondary. Um, they're yeah. not, they're not focused on. And the intruders themselves were fucking terrifying because they were not ever identified. We never knew why they were doing this. Obviously 
Um, the same person who had uh, brutalized our main character is the same person who had murdered um, or group of people who had murdered our um, our our tattoo spirit, yeah. Yeah. I guess you could call her. Um, so the okay. fact they 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 didn't they didn't need to be unmasked and they didn't need a motivation and that is what made them the scariest. I mean, it's just yeah. like that thing with the strangers. Why did you? Why did you do this to us? Because you were home. They didn't yeah. need a motivation and that would have made them less scary as they were. They were fear incarnate. Well, it goes back to our good old Mikey. You know what I mean? Like I even said at the beginning of the film, like the whole like looking through the camcorder was very, you know, reminiscent of, you know, John Carpenter and Halloween and how that like that sort of put me in that space but uh yeah, I that will experiential s- sort of approach yeah. yeah so it put me in that space so i you know immediately was kind of like okay all right this is interesting uh but i also wanted to something that i was thinking about earlier when i was on my drive to work this morning listening to the soundtrack because when i get into my part of i'm gonna get into this fucking soundtrack fucking bomb ass uh, soundtrack girl but i was trying to think of so she had three lives. This girl beat cancer three times. Yeah. There was three intruders. Right. The That's very much repeated. So three is, is also a theme in this mm-hmm. as well. And I was trying to, I was trying to find a, to see if there was a connection between there being three intruders other than the fact that three was just a number that was well, th- used. Well, three is a number that's repeated a lot. And three actually is a very um, feminine number. True. Three is very much, um, you know, if you look at the the concept of a woman, she's a daughter, she's a mother, um, she's a sister. It's a very, three is a very powerful number for us. Um, and it is kind of repeated a lot. Um, and so I think that that, I can't say that that's the decision that they had in their mind when they were, you know, incorporating all of these elements. Three is also the number of lives that you start with in Pac-Man. That's true. Um, so you kind of have to relate to her fascination with Pac-Man. Like you have these ghosts that are just kind of like chasing you and you're just like trying to like get away with them until you get your little, uh, what is it? You is it you the get the cherry dot. and then you go back and then you fucking swallow them whole. Yeah, the cherries are extra points, but the blinking dots would yeah, let that you thing. eat them. Yeah, that bl- that blinking dot which which lets you eat them. Um also I guess it they could have made that choice because, you know, if you think of like like bosses in a game, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I don't know, like it was just an interesting choice to me and uh, I was just thinking about like I was that's just something I was thinking about on my way into work today. Uh but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just very um it's it's the type of thing where when you describe it like if you were to sit if you were to like go talk to your friend, like let's let's imagine that like we watched this movie without the other one. Like if I were to come to you and tell you about this movie, like we're telling all of our listeners now for Netflix and kill like you'd be like what the fuck there's a tattoo it's haunted there's like home intruder like you would be like the fuck like what is the actual story then there's this other girl who randomly gets murdered in the first like there's there's a lot going on 
and it really doesn't like I really would say it's it's almost one of those things that you have to watch which is ironic because we're describing it to you through an audio uh format but this is what we fucking signed up for yep this is um, yeah yeah but it's it's it I was so ready for it to not work and every new element that they introduced I was like this is surely it like this is surely the tipping point and yet it we didn't ever topple over into you know failure we instead were kept right on the edge of our seat yeah it never went into like something that was just too like it never fell apart it never fell apart it was airtight which which is shocking to me there's a word that i was looking for there but i couldn't find it so yeah it just stopped it from falling apart yeah it just Uh, yeah kind of like you guys do for us (laughs) do you want to talk about the soundtrack because i know Uh, yeah i fucking do i want to talk about this motherfucking soundtrack because listen i've if you've been listening to me for a while you know that in my horror there are several things that i that i gravitate towards and one of those is a really good score we need a bump and tune love a score like it better slap it better knock me on my motherfucking ass it better (laughs) spit on my face it better you know motherfucking choke my ass on the floor and you know just make me feel all those like you know all that good shit but uh it the score was amazing and it was something that also initially drew me in Mm -hmm. um it was uh the soundtrack was composed by Ron Ethan Johan and like seriously go look him up go download the soundtrack Ron Ron Ethan Johan Interesting Yes uh and go look it up because the main titles it's titled Game Over and a lot of the a lot of the soundtrack but especially the main titles and then there's one that happens right when the home invasion is happening and that's called Game On Uh, And it's like it infuses a lot of like gaming elements into it. Uh, There's also ticking like a there you go again. I know not editing it out. I tried. Uh, There's ticking elements. So it gives you like this weird like countdown like you're running out of time uh vibe like you've got to get to the end uh you've got to survive you don't have that much time left or Mm -hmm. lives left Mm -hmm. um and just was just great and i downloaded the whole album like immediately after the film i (laughs) went and searched apple music and i'm like all right i better hope to find this song on here because i'm gonna tell you what i shazammed at the main titles and shazam failed me so yeah, Thankfully, I was able to find Shazam it. Shazam failed, and I'm I've been fucking looking at it on Spotify, like trying to find it, and I can't find it. I I just searched the I, I searched his name, Ron Ethan Johan, and it pulled it up. Hmm. The whole album, uh, so amazing score. Uh, I'm sure you'll be hearing it when I uh, if I can find it and upload it on the uh, on the Instagram page when we uh, promote this episode. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, please don't sue that. us, Ron. Uh, let's get into a little bit of the reviews. Do you want to do that? Yeah, I think we should probably rate it because we've been babbling on about it for about a minute now. 
<laughs> well, don't we? Oh, there you go. God. She's dying. I She's hope dying. I make it to the end of this episode. She's dying. Her. <laughs> uh, well, no, but don't we typically talk about the critics' reviews for the Rotten Tomatoes? First oh, you want to talk about the tomatoes? I just yeah, want to read a couple. Do you want to read a? Sure. Do you want to read a tomato, and then I will read a little green splat. A little green splat? That's what that is. It's a little green splat. Sure. Do you sure. have it pulled up? Are you prepared? Are you ready? Have I ever I'm actually prepared? just going to sit here and spout words until you are ready in order to fill dead air. So we are, you know, not. And then there's the dead air. And then there's the dead air. So, yeah. So this this movie has um, a 58% on the tomato meter, but you know how we feel about Bitch, that. Bitch, Rotten Tomatoes can get 58% of these hands. Like, <laughs> I mean, fuck off. That's only based on, like, it says total count 12. So I guess the reviews, there's only 12 reviews. But basically, um, it has a 73% audience score. Um, based on 26 verified ratings. I don't okay. know what don't any know of what that, that means. Is, but okay, whatever. I don't really know how the tomatoes work. I just I, cite I don't them. Know either. Um, okay, so you want me to read a tomato or yeah, a green why don't splat? You, why don't you read a tomato? Okay. You read a good one. Let's see. Uh, there are many layers to the film, both the psychological and paranormal. And though the makers unravel it at their own pace, these moments are what make this film interesting. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I would definitely agree too. I agree. Uh, All right, so then I will read one. Let's just pick one. Uh, Game over. This is the this is the nasty one, y'all. Game Over scores points for daring to be different from the average mainstream Indian thriller. But overall, it isn't worth playing. Fuck you. It totally is. Girl, bye. Bye. We don't. Who are you? Musana from Film Inquiry? No. Bye. We disagree. We respectfully I, I, yeah. disagree. <laughs> let me just go we, back to what I'm saying. We, as people who know absolutely nothing about Indian thrillers. Now, let me tell you what. If this is the bottom of the list for Indian filler, thrillers. Fillers. <laughs> fillers. Uh, if this is at the bottom of the totem pole for Indian thrillers, then I fucking got to watch more Indian horror. Like, I that mean, was our consensus is that we have to watch more Indian horror For films. real. For real. Because apparently, y'all out here fucking doing it. Shit. Y'all, we sleeping on y'all, and that is not cool. Y'all out here giving it to us. Damn. <laughs> I mean, for real. So, uh, yeah, hit us up with some recommendations. Hell yeah. If you're into, like, if you're into Indian horror and you know something that, like, that you think might well uh, we would that we would like if I can get words correct I don't know uh, then shit email that shit over to us at the haunted heart podcast at gmail dot hell com. yeah I'm about to get all up in the Indian horror I will say though um, Indian like as a culture I feel like Indian people really support their like artists as far as like people doing film and stuff because I texted um, I have a friend who is Indian and she. Um, like I texted her to let her know that we were watching that movie and she immediately replied and she was like, Oh yeah, that's the one with Topsy Panu. Like it's a good movie. She's a big deal in India right now. Like she's a big deal. In yeah, Indian cinema. I'm like, damn, you really do. Watch. And she's like not a horror person. Like she is not in any way who I thought would be right. watching this movie. And yet, and she's also older. So it's like, well, apparently this like, film was really uh, that actress's, 
like return back to film. I think she had really? been away for like only like I think maybe four or five years from what I read, but it was like she a big thing. Young that as she hell, like, man. I would have thought it was her debut. That she like came back, yeah. So okay. I'm excited to listen to more or to watch more Indian horror. Uh, and I hope that you guys would be excited to listen to us talk about it. But uh, so what do you give this? Are you going to chill with it? Or are you going to kill with it, bitch? I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill hard. I, I'm, I'm f- ice cold. You ice cold. All right. Well, I then. love women empowering women. And I love a message that just because bad shit happens to you in this life, you you can be a bad bitch. Like just because something happened to you. Don't mean you can't be you a boss. can be badder than the bad thing that happened to you. You can. You can. And I love that. I love the I love the inherent messages of 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 women who society could easily perceive as broken lifting up other women who have had similar experiences. That really yeah. spoke to me. It moved me and fuck yeah, I'm all for that. And if you can do it in a way that also has me sitting on the edge of my couch, clutching my pearls, scared to death of these three baddies, like, then okay. Hell yeah. Uh, shit, How about girl, you? Shit, call me iced tea because I'm chilling too, girl. I got sweat. I got, I'm so damn chill with this. I got sweat on the outside of me. I got condensation <laughs> happening <laughs> you, right you now. You started talking about sweat and I was like, the fuck? Condensation. That's what I was getting at. Damn, uh, that was the white. That was the most white person joke I have ever you know heard in my you know what? life. You know what? Whatever. I'm sorry. If you Indian and you were just trying to research your cinema, because y'all support your artists 100%, um, and you found this podcast, I'm sorry. We white as hell. We yeah, really try. We, I, we took the DNA test, and he came back as like 100% Irish, and I came back as like 100% Scottish. We ain't got no no spice in us. We ain't got no flavor. Nah, just potatoes and alcohol. We a goddamn biscuit. Like, I mean, <laughs> we a do our biscuit. best, though. We really do Fuck try. Yeah, man. <laughs> we love a biscuit. We love a biscuit. Uh, and we love this film. So, yeah, we both chill with it. Uh, and we hope you do, too. So, it is on Netflix right now, streaming. So, streaming. go forth and listen. <laughs> and watch. And watch. Listen. Watch me turn into a valley girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, go check it out. If you do check out the film, we would love to hear what you think. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com to let us know, or you can find us on our socials. We're on Instagram at the Haunted Heart Podcast. We're on Twitter at the Haunted Heart. And we're also on Facebook. If you search the Haunted Heart Podcast, if you give our page a like, that would be fabulous. Yeah, like... Like, go like it, seriously. Go ahead and give our Facebook page a like. Actually, I got a shout out. I'm doing this on the fly. Let Did you really? You got a shout out from whom? Um, John Maynard and Colby Ramey both liked the Haunted Heart podcast today on Facebook. So there oh, you go. Oh, shit. Oh, you throw in something new. I am. I mixed it up on that ass. Um, actually, the Facebook page well, is called- thank you for giving away their names, their full names. They going to be all right. It's fine. <laughs> you can bleep it. We'll make that edit. Listen, if you want us to say your names uh, with your private last name private, join the Patreon. <laughs> you can beep it. Um, it it'll be fun because it'll sound like I'm cussing. Um, yeah, so look forward to that. Um, but yeah, the the page on Facebook that you can like is actually called The Haunted Heart. But if you look under The Haunted Heart Podcast, there's a closed group. You can join it. Either Kenny, myself, or a member of our Murder Mod Squad will approve you. 
unless you are a serial murderer out unless here. Unless you're three serial murderers. Yeah, unless you are three serial murderers out here brutalizing women, in which case we will report your ass to the police. Yeah, we if will you lucky, fuck you we up. Might, we might come after that ass. We will fuck you up, like seriously, like, because you don't know, we're fighters. Mm-hmm. We'll fight the fuck at you. Mm-hmm. you I fight even when I ain't even got nothing to fight for. Damn, yeah, my you, life shitty as hell. You sometimes goddamn so I'm right. still fighting for it. You goddamn right. <laughs> we fight for this podcast. Shit, bitch! Every damn day we fight. <laughs> we fighting every day, every motherfucking That's day. That's the takeaway. There's the takeaway. Just because shitty things happen to you in your life doesn't mean you're broken. Doesn't mean you're weak. They don't define you. They don't define you. And the second takeaway is fight like hell. <laughs> fight like hell every day of life. you know what if you waking up if you're in a dark place right now and you got a lot going on tell you what fight for spite oh hell yeah fight for spite some spite can be a hell of a damn motivator sometimes if you ain't got nothing else to motivate you in your life right now baby because it is a downturn and you are at the at the trough instead of at the crest of the wave fight for spite Fight just because you you don't want your enemies to see you leave this world. But stay here just to be a motherfucker. <laughs> stay here just to ruin somebody's damn day. Uh, yeah. With your existence. With your beautiful <laughs> goddess existence. I'm certainly not speaking from experience. <laughs> clearly. Okay. Well, guys, on that note, uh, <laughs> we're going to go watch more horror. Uh, and more horror. So while we do that, you guys know what you got to do. You got to flip on Netflix, get educated on some Indian horror, and stay soon.